Mayad everyone. Hope you have a beautiful, beautiful Siyan Sukkot. So we left off at the Mishnah, the 11th chapter, 99b on the bottom. So till now we discussed the laws, a widow who sells her husband's estates to pay to get her ksuva. Now the Mishnah discusses what if the court sells property. Shuma the young then property was sold by the appraisal of the judges. But they made a mistake. They forgot they didn't they didn't hire Mel. They undervalued it by a six. They overvalued it by a six. the sale is void. That's the opinion of the rabbis of Shimgamlil argues, he says, the sale stands. If not, if you can avoid the sale, what's the authority of the court worth? Says you have to uphold the court actions even if they make a mistake. As long Oh, so he says even if it's more than a six. In other words, the authority of the court, you have to hold uphold their authority. If they can make a mistake, people will undermine their authority. People will say, Oh, how do I know? How can I rely on the court? Everyone holds of the principle that you have to validate the authority of the court. Because remember we learned if the, if the widow overvalues it, undervalues it, even by one dinner, the whole fair sale is off. With the court, we don't say that. Up until a six, it stands. No one argues. But it reaches already a six. Okay, this is already too much. You're talking about 15%. Overcharge, undercharge, 15%. Okay, come on. That's, then it's off. And I'm sure we'll hold. No, even, even, if it's, even if it's higher than that, it's not off. The authority stands. But if the court makes a letter of inspection, in other words, they announced, they made a letter announcing, advertising the sale of the property. Yeah, and what's, called, what's called an inspection letter. Because it invites the, the, the public to come inspect the property before it sells. That's being offered for sale. So in that case, and even if they sold the property worth a hundred, and they sold it for two hundred, they shove a messiah a property worth two hundred, and they undersold it for a hundred. They sold it half off. Their sale stands. Since it was advertised, so it was public knowledge. This is the best price they can get. It's not a mistake. They offered it to the public. Everyone was able to come view the property, and that's the highest offer they got. So, so what are they supposed to do? That's the mission. The students in the yeshiva had a question. An agent is like who? An agent who sells. Is it like the widow's sale, or is it like that even a small error voids the whole sale, or is it like the court sale? And it's only up until, only if it's a six. Then, a little more than fifteen percent. Then, then we void the sale. Not le- not uh, not if it's less than that. So Rava, Nachman. So we have an argument. Rava said in the name of Nachman Shliach an agent is like has the same status as as the court, as the judges. And anything less than a six, the sale stands. Rava Shmuel Babisin. said in the name of Nachman. They argue what Rav Nachman says. He says, "Oh, he's banging into the sukkah." 
The agent is treated like the Ammana, even the slightest mistake avoids the sin. What's the rationale? Just like the judges are not evaluating it for themselves, they're evaluating it for someone else. So therefore, any mistake less than the six, the sale is still valid. So also the agent, he's not selling it for his own sake. But the widow, she's selling it for herself. So if she's selling it for herself, the moment she deviates, even one iota, the sale is off. But the judges and the agent, they're, they're, just, they're just selling it for the estate. The estate has an obligation, and they're doing it so the estate should, should fulfill its obligation. The reasoning of Rabba. No. That the agent has the same laws. Why? Because mal money just like the widow. She's alone. She's acting alone. Therefore, the slightest deviation, the slightest, she's off by even one dinner, one zuz, the whole sale is void. The agent is also alone. So therefore, any deviancy is the sale avoids the sale. The exclusion of the bezdin. The best in is 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 a rabbim. It's a public. It's a court. It's judges. It's not just an isolated individual. It's a group of people. So since it's a group of people, therefore we're more lenient. So the authority has to be upheld. The agent, you don't have to uphold his authority. What's the law? An agent is considered like. An almana, like Rav Shmuel Bar, Bar Bisna, that the, the only exception we make is in the case of judges because we have to uphold their authority but by an agent, even the slightest deviation, you no longer represent the estate and whatever you've done is null and void why is this any different that we learned we learned in the Mishnah we learned earlier, it was brought down earlier you point an agent to separate truma for you to give to the Kayan and the truma is sacred. So the agent has to evaluate the mindset of the of the uh, sender of the principal. Is he generous? Is he average? Or is he stingy? Yeah. If he doesn't know, he doesn't know if the balabas is generous or stingy or average. So then play it safe. One in fifty. Two percent. But what if Pichas Hasod? If it turns out he had he took away ten. In other words, it was instead of one in fifty, he did one in sixty. Instead of one in fifty, one in forty. So mostly truma. He made a mistake. He didn't know. He thought that the, he gave him the benefit of the doubt. He thought that the, that the, he's, he's generous. The principle is generous. So it stands. So what do we see from there? And we don't say because he made a slight error that, it, that it's null and void. If you're saying that Allah states that we treat the agent the same way, the agent who sells from the estate to satisfy the Ksuba the same way as the widow who sells it from the estate to satisfy the Ksuba, that the slightest deviation cancels and nullifies the sale. Here we see he made a deviation. It turns out he's, thin, he's, 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 he's average and he went ahead and he gave generously for him. Or 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 stingy, and we don't say it's cancer. But the answer is not. Hasam the erkiban dika teidem aru. There is different. That's the exception. Since you have people who are stingy, 
big container and yavi. People are generous. Amalei lahachem aticha. I evaluate. You didn't tell me. You didn't give me instructions. I don't know you that well. I couldn't. I just did the best of my. You left it up to me. The best of my knowledge. I tried to evaluate. I thought that you're a generous person. I see the Mishabeda, he gave more than $18. Uh, I thought you were a generous person. <laughs> I made a mistake, I'm sorry, but I, I did the best that I could. So therefore, so therefore, you can't say he made a mistake. He was he worked, he worked with the best circumstances uh, that he had. Here, here he made a mistake, he was undercharged. It's part of an error. So here, even the slightest error no, it cancels and voids the wholesale. You shouldn't, have, you shouldn't have made a mistake. Why, what gives you an excuse to make a mistake? There you have an excuse for making a mistake. I didn't tell, give you clear instructions. How should you know? You don't know me that well. So you evaluated, you estimated, you did the best that you could. Fine. But here, you didn't sell it at market value. What excuse do you have? Why didn't you get it appraised by, by, by an expert? No excuse. So the slightest deviation cancels that. The argument now between the rabbis and the court. If the court makes a mistake and they miss up to six, a sixth, so the, then the rabbis say that's null and void. And Rabbi Shimon says, no, the authority of the court is online, is at stake, and we have to, we have to uphold their sale. So he says the law follows the rabbis, not Rabbi Shimon Gamliel. Doesn't Rav Nachman hold of the principle that we are obligated to establish the authority of the court, to uphold the authority of the court? Orphans who come to the court to divide the assets of the deceased father amongs themselves, right? They inherited and they have to divide it fairly. The court, appoints, appoints, the court appoints a guardian for each of them. A separate guardian, Rashi says, for each orphan has to get his, to look out for his interest. Each orphan has to look out for his interest. I want this piece, I should get this. So the court appoints for them a, a guardian. The guardians have to choose for each of them a favorable portion. He has to look out for the interest of his client. To make sure that the division is equitable. Here's where you have to have equitable division. But if the orphans reach the adulthood, we're talking about minors. But if the orphans are adults, when they reach adulthood, they can protest the division. They say, no, we want to revise because we don't agree with the division. We think it's not fair. This is quiet, and he said. No, no, among amongst themselves, the children. Yeah, they yeah. inherited, there's no sale. Oh, oh. No, no, yeah, amongst themselves. Yeah, so that's what Rab Nachman said in the name of Shmuel. Then Rab Nachman did the Amr, but Rab Nachman himself argues with Shmuel and he says, no. Once the court assigns the guardians and the division is done, even when they grow up, they can no longer ask for a re redo. Why? Because it came. You're undermining the authority of the court. The court got involved, the court, the court, so it's settled. Once the court, you have to establish the authority of the court. So we see that Nachman holds, holds of this principle. And yet here you're saying that Nachman says the law follows the rabbis, who says we don't, we, dis, we don't look, we don't pay attention to that principle. If the court made a mistake, the sale is void. If it was a, a sixth, a six, overvalue, the undervalue, the whole thing is void. 
Gemara says Leikash. There's no contradiction. Hard to tell. The mission is talking about the judges made a mistake. If they made a mistake, you can't say uphold the authority of the courts. On the contrary, people will lose respect. We're all human. They made a mistake. Fine. They're not. We don't hold it against them. The judges are not are not the real estate experts. They're Torah experts. They made a mistake. What do they know? Their their nose are in the books. So therefore, we want to hold it against them. It's not going to undermine their authority if you're going to say, "Hey, they made a mistake." I'm sorry. We're all human. We're fallible and fine, but it's, it's null and void. Hardly toe in the case of the orphan. No one made any mistake. They divided it equitably. The they court, were minors at the time. They were minors. The court, the court went ahead and appointed a guardian for each one of them. Right. Each guardian looked out for the best interests of their, of their, of their orphan, their particular orphan, and they divided it. It wasn't a mistake. Right. So in that case, Ibn Nachman says we have to uphold the decision of the court. There's no revising. It's not going back. If the guardians didn't make a mistake, so what's the claim of the orphans when they grow up? What are they arguing about? If it was equitable and it was fair and there was no mistake. What are they arguing about? Mother says Beruches. They're arguing about the location of the property. I want the waterfront. <laughs> I should have gotten the waterfront. My brother never uses the water. I I'm a, I'm a I love the water. So, so give me the water, and he should take my property. This one's close to the shul. <laughs> <laughs> right. He never shows up to the shul. He's closer to the shul. I'm the first one at the minion. I need to be very good. It was no mistake. You're just arguing over preference. There you, can, there you have to uphold the authority of the court. What's done is done, and that's. mother says, came to Babylonia from Israel, he said, He said, it once happened, such an incident, and the court made a mistake, a six, and uh, and the Rebbe said, the law follows the Chachamim. He cancelled, he, he nullified the sale of the court of the judges. So the the son of Rabbi Lazar ben Prata, the grandson of Prata Gadol, said to Rabbi, "Im kei makayir bezn yafi, undermining the authority of the courts." Rabbi is a meisin. Hearing this, Rabbi reversed his decision. He says, "No, the judges are correct." He accepted that argument. Rabbi That's how Rabbi told the story. Rabbi Safra told the story a little different. What happened was a little different. Maisa because Rabbi Maisa because Rabbi wanted to do like to follow the rabbis. Rabbi never went ahead and actually voided the sale. He wanted to, but when he heard he heard this argument, he changed his mind and. Uh, and uh, so he never ever yeah okay so your mother says Lema, let's say Bakam Mifligi let's say Rabdimi and Afsafra what are they arguing about whether Rebbe actually did it and then he reversed it or Rebbe was thinking of, of, of doing it and he never actually did it they're arguing Rabdimi holds if a judge makes a mistake about something taught explicitly in a Mishnah then he can retract the verdict if if a, if a, if a judge gives an erroneous verdict, so what do you do? So the verdict remains in force, and the judge has to compensate from his own pocket. He made a mistake, and he caused someone to pay money he wasn't obligated to pay. 
So the judge has to compensate the wrong party because he caused them a loss. So he says that's only true if he made a faulty judgment. Once he made a faulty judgment, then you can't reverse it because it wasn't an obvious error. But if the judge made an obvious error, he overlooked an explicit mission, eh? then the verdict has no legal standing. He's not a judge. How can you go against the mission? So the verdict is not a verdict. Therefore, you can reverse the verdict. He didn't cause any damage because whatever, whatever money he awarded is, is, is returned because there's no verdict. The whole, the whole thing was a mistake. So therefore, our case, the Rebbe's verdict to reverse the court sale was contrary to Rabbi Shimon Magamliel's ruling in our Mishnah. Rabbi Shimon Magamliel is like an explicit Mishnah, even though the rabbis disagree with him. But Rabbi Shimon Magamliel gives a compelling argument. And the rabbis don't respond to that argument. So Rabdimi said, Rabdimi holds that Rabbi reversed his argument because he holds it's an explicit Mishnah. That since it's an explicit Mishnah, and he holds with it what the Gemara says that if if the best if the court if the judge makes a mistake about an explicit Mishnah, there is no ruling. Therefore, he had the power to reverse it. Omar Savar of Safra holds, however, he disagrees with that Gemara. He says any a judge cannot retract his verdict, even if it's going against an explicit Mishnah. He has to pay and compensate. That's why his version is that Abi never made the verdict. He was thinking of making the. He was thinking of giving this verdict, but he never did. Because had he given the verdict, there's no reversing. There's no going back. No, no, that's not what. That's not the argument in Avdimi and Avsafra whether Rebbe actually went ahead and gave the verdict and then reversed it, or he was thinking of giving the verdict and didn't reverse it. No, that's not what the argument. Kul Alma, I'll tell you, everyone holds by Mishnah that if you make a mistake regarding something that's explicit in the Mishnah, you could reverse the judgment because it's not a judgment. The whole thing is one big mistake. The question: What happened? This is what happened. They are arguing about facts. He says, I was there, and then this is what happened. He says, no, 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 your memory is a little faulty. That's not what happened. This is how it happened, that's all. And it's important to be accurate. Accurate reporting. Almost like the journalism of today. And is, Rebbe says, Rebbe argues, uh, Rebbe's verdict, at the, the end of the day, Rebbe follows Rabbi Shemim Not the rabbis. That the, the authority of the court has to remain standing, even if they make a big mistake. Even if it's a six, or even more than the six. If a widow sells a late husband's estate for a the guarantee of the sale falls upon the orphans. Meaning, if you sell a property, right, you're guaranteeing what if it turns out it's stolen property? You have no right to sell it to me in the first place. Or it was mortgaged to a previous loan, prior loan that you owed someone. So you have to pay back the buyer. You're going to have to return the money. If the field is going to be taken away from me, then you're going to have to return the money, the loss. You have to make up the loss. So a widow sells a field. Who's taking responsibility? And then it turns out the field that he sold never belonged to her ex-husband, to her late husband. It was stolen. He stole it. Or it was mortgaged. The husband owed someone else money. Yeah. The bank comes and takes it away. 
So who pays? Who makes up? Who covers the buyer? He says the orphans have to cover the buyer. Not the widow. Not the widow. Who bathed in the oven? And the same thing if the court sells the late husband's estate to satisfy the debt that they owe the wife, the widow. The orphans have to cover. Obviously. What's Abiyas coming to teach me? It's obviously. He says, you're right. In the case of the widow, of course. Why should she cover it? It's not her estate. The estate has to, they owe her a debt, the ksuvah. So she's selling from the estate, but it belongs, it belongs to the, it's the estates who's responsible to pay her. She's Why do the orphans have to? No, the orphans now inherited the estate. Now it belongs, everything in the estate now belongs to the orphans. They inherit the debt. They inherit the debt, they inherit everything. No, she's, she walks away with the ksuvah. She walked away with the ksuvah. Then it turns out, she gets the money, she's out of their life. Then it turns out, they had no right to sell the field, sell it, and they take away the field from the buyer. So the buyer, Who does the buyer come to collect the money from? The orphans. So he says, you're right, in the case of the widow, Rabbi Yisuf is not coming to teach me anything new. It's obvious. No. He has to teach me in the case when the court sells, when the judges sell. Because I would think, we continue on side B, under B. Anyone who buys property from the court, he buys it, that the, the public will become public knowledge. Since everyone knows the best, and whatever they do is public knowledge. It's big news in town. So if anyone has any complaints, they would come and step forth. No one came for that. No one came and no one said the anything. Claim, the, the claim the that the land belongs to me. You have no right to sell. How could the court sell my property? Covered, right. 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 No, that's what you say. I would think right. that maybe in that case, there's no guarantee. You don't need a guarantee. You bought it secure that the property belongs to you and you bought it without a guarantee and therefore if you come and if it's collected from him, no one should have to compensate. That's what he's come to teach us? No. That even this sale is guaranteed and the orphans have to, ha- have to honor it and have to, re- re- have to compensate it. Rabbi Gamliel, Gamliel says whatever the court does stands how much till when? I mean if they sell a thousand dollar worth for, for a dollar, you're also going to say whatever the court does is stands. I mean, is there a limit? Till half. Half of the value. The court has authority, they can sell, even if they make a mistake, till half, 50% off or 50% more, that stands. But not, not more. We also learned in the Braise the same, same thing. He uses exactly this amount. He says, up until 50%, if they're 50% off, oversold or undersold, the, the sale stands not to undermine the authority of the court. The judges of a court that sold, that sold the orphan's property without announcements, as if they made a mistake regarding a law that's taught explicitly in the Mishnah, they can retract their sale. Because it says clearly in the Mishnah that you have to announce it publicly. The Gemara will say we're, we're, which Mishnah is it referring to. That it has to be a public sale. It can't, you can't, it can't be a garage sale quietly. It has to be a public sale. You want to get the best bid. The Gemara says, what do you mean, Nasu? It's regarded as if they made a mistake. Vadeto, certainly they made a mistake. 
It's not, because we learn in the Mishnah, in Erechin, the appraisal and the sale of a property belonging to orphans, you need 30 days. You have to announce it, you have to have people publicize it, you give people time to discuss it, to evaluate it, to come look at it. You want to get the best bid, the best bid, the highest bid you can get for the orphans. It should be a big uh, competitive bidding. And when you appraise or you sell property that belongs to the Hegdish or the temple treasury, you need 60 days. You have to advertise. You, again, you want to get the best value for, for, the, for, the, for the temple treasury. You have to announce it every morning and every evening when people go to work and people come back from work. You have to make a tumult, like it's advertisement. You have to advertise. You have to publicize, putting in the paper, publicize it, like, and and not one day, one advertisement, like one after the other for thirty days. You have to announce it every day. So what do you mean? May it's as if they erred, they made a mistake. It's an explicit mission. It's not for sure. How could they ignore explicit mission? So whatever they've done is reversed. It has no. It's void. They didn't follow an open mission. How could they make a mistake about an open mission? It's not a judgment. The Gemara answers, "E may I hear from that Mishnah alone? I mean, I would think that that ruling is talking about an agent, an agent who sells. But But if the court sells, maybe it's not necessary to announce and That's why Mamer is coming to teach me that the court is the same. They also have to make do all of the above." The, the mission is not just talking about an agent who's selling it, but also the court also has to go through this whole procedure, publicize it, announce it, and if you ignore it, it's as if you're ignoring you. It's as if you're ignoring an open mission. Could you imagine? Uh, it says it's as if because you can you can make a mistake. You can the mission doesn't state clearly if the bezin sells, so you can erroneously say the mission is talking about an agent. That's what he's saying. No, it's as if you've made it because that's the, the mission is really also talking about the best. Ace, I'll ask you a question. Ravashi, Ravashi, a property that was sold by the appraisal of the judges, if it undervalued by a six or overvalued, Michelin bottle. But if it was the equivalent, the rabbis who argued our mission. So they said only if they made a mistake, overvalued, undervalued by a sixth, a little more than uh, 15%. Right. Then it's null and void. Right. But if, if they sold it for the right price, market value. the market value, then the sale stands. My Surely we're talking about they didn't make any announcement. But according to you, if you didn't make an announcement, the whole thing should be void. Because had they publicized it, maybe they would have gotten a higher bid. Yeah, maybe. Sigma says, no. Amemah says, no. Of course, we're talking about, our mission is talking about that they, they publicized it. Of course. And even then, it's only valid if, it, if, if it's less, the mistake was less, overvalued, less than a six. Once it reaches a six, then it's null and void. I'm in the safe of the Achaz. Since the second part of the mission is talking about, they announced it. The mission, surely the beginning of the mission is talking about they didn't announce it. They can't say at the end of the mission it says, he must get his if the court made a letter of inspection, meaning they made an announcement that the public is invited to come inspect the property. 
and they publicize it, then everyone agrees. And the Mishnah concluded that even the rabbis agree, even the rabbis agree with in that case, that the authority of the court stands. So there, the end of the Mishnah is talking about they made a letter of inspection, meaning they announced it. The beginning of the Mishnah is talking about that they didn't announce it. And nevertheless, it says, only if the court made an error of a sixth, oversold or undersold, only then is the sale void. But if they sold it in the market value without making an announcement, without publicizing, it's a valid sale. You, Amemar, said that if you make an, uh, if you, any judge who sells a property without publicizing it and getting the highest competitive bid, the whole thing is null and void. The whole judgment is null and void. Hello, Rathi, what are you right? Really, the beginning of the mission is talking about he didn't publicize it. Nevertheless, it's not a question on Amemar. Amemar is talking about things that usually you announce. But the mission is talking about things which you don't announce. What do you mean? These are things you don't announce. The sale. If you're selling slaves, movable items, are studies, and notes. Notes, notes, uh, notes of debt. Recorded debt. Contracts. That you don't have to announce. Why? 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 Why don't you announce it? Avadim, time and my the reason you don't announce the sale of slaves, Dushamishma Vivrachu. They're gonna hear they're about to be sold, it's an opportunity, they're gonna escape. <laughs> they're gonna run away. Maybe he likes his owner, but there's new owner. Who, who knows who who's gonna buy me? I don't need a headache. studies regarding movable items. And and that's contracts, why not? they're gonna be stolen. You're gonna put it on display. It's it's easy to steal. You can't steal land. <laughs> No one is stealing land, God, no but the, but the movable items, uh, that diamond, all of a sudden will disappear. You're gonna have the gun to figure out how can I steal it, and uh, you know scout this, scout out, and check the security. So, so therefore you don't announce it. That's what the mission is talking about. You or I'll tell you, I'm talking about times that we announce. The mission is talking about times when we don't announce. There's certain payments to pay the tax to the head king, tax, head tax, tax, to the government, or to pay for support and for burial. Children you have no time to announce. I don't have 30 days. He has to be buried today. Well, right. I'm going to start announcing and publicizing it. Yeah. For that, even land you sell right away. There's no time. Exactly. And he has to eat today. The children, the, the wife has to eat today. So, yeah. If you want, I'll give you another answer. Ramayim is talking about a place where the customers they announce. The mission is talking about a place where the customers they don't announce. Ramayim said, They would never make a letter of inspection. They don't do it that way in Nada. We don't make any announcements. Okay. Why? Why? The students of the academy said, You know what? Maybe in Nada they're sharp business people. No, they're sharp appraisers. They're sharp. Everyone is a sharp appraiser. Right, right. You don't need a public auction to get the best price, to know the true value. If you don't know the true value, I have to see what the public says. I have to take a poll. <laughs> a politician, they don't know. They have no real opinion. So you have to take a poll to figure out what, what I believe in. 
But if you know the true value, I don't need a poll. I don't need a public to tell me what the value is. I know what the best value is. I'm not going to sell it for anything less. Said to them, to the students of the academy, to me was explained what the Nachman meant. That in Narda, they never wrote a letter of inspection. Because people call them the buyers of court auction property, those who devour announced properties. No, no, we're talking about the, we're talking about the property. We're back to real estate. Yeah. Thought it's shameful to buy court auction property because you know people are hard pressed for money, so you're buying it for cheap. Even the best bid. It's like a, a fire sale. The, the court, the, the court, it's not the owner selling. The owner is selling, and he's in no rush. He's going he's gonna to wait. He, but the court has to sell it. We need the money. So the best bid, so yeah, so you're going to get the, the best bid, but it's still going to be low. So you took advantage. So it's a shame. People, oh, this is a person who buys from auctions. He takes advantage of other people's, other people's hard-pressed times. So they stopped so stop doing it. You're exploiting. Look how you're exploiting. I'm Rabbi Dama Shmuel. Rabbi says his name is Shmuel. Metal Nashri Same. Movable items. Of orphans. Shaman Eichlam Eishnes Lelta. You praise him, you sell him immediately. No announcements, no waiting. No, we wait and sell them at the market. At least wait the market. When the market gathers, you get the most, the best price. If you're going to sell it, it's not a market. I market there's a lot of people. You can you can bid it out, but here you're gonna sell it immediately. It's not the market. Who maybe there's only one buyer, so you're gonna have to settle for the for the cheapest price. But it says not arguing. If the marketplace is near close, the time of the market it's tomorrow. Then okay, wait a little. But if the shuk is not gathering for for a while, another month. Far off, then you, then you don't wait. He doesn't define what's called close. What's an if? How much? How long do you wait? Afkana had in his possession the beer or Amasharshi Abachilki, the orphan. Shaya he waited until the festival to sell the beer because it's premium prices. Everyone for the yamtiv, everyone wants to buy beer. The sukkah and pastela, right? Um, but he said, Ah, forgot the duffel bay, it's hot, even though spoil it. Forgot the tzatzta, ah, forgot the duffel bay, it's hot, it may spoil. You can wait for the beer, the beer may spoil to them. Right. But it overweighs. The fact, the fact you're going to get sharp money, you're going to get a higher, more cash, <laughs> quick cash, it's worth it to take the risk. There's a greater demand then. The people will pay cash rather than credit and buy it on credit. So it's their advantage to sell beer. They'll get ready cash. Here they'll buy it, they'll have to sell it on credit. Ravina was holding in his possession wine belonging to Ravina Zuti, the orphan. It was his nephew, the son of his sister. Ravina also had wine of his own. Which is bringing, which he was bringing his own wine to a place called Sichra to sell it there. I guess that was the market to sell wine. What does the law say? Could I bring the orphans' wine with us to sell in Sichra together with together with our wine? 
Or maybe I don't have the right to take that risk. What if the ship sinks? I'm taking a risk. Maybe the orphans will lose their wine. Maybe I have to play it safe and just sell it locally. I'm a lazy. said to him, Zilgo, it's not better than your own wine. You don't have to treat the wine of the orphan better than you treat your own wine. You're willing to take the risk for your own wine because the, the, the profit will be so much more. You can take the risk for the... And if, it, if, it's, if, it's, if it's lost, it's lost. But you don't have to treat someone else's better than I treat myself. You can't treat someone else's property worse than you treat yourself, but not, not better than you treat yourself. Okay, next Mishnah. You know, they don't say anything about... the Mishnah, the Mishnah, my man is... Hashniya of Island is a minor girl who refuses her husband. Typically, only a father can marry off a minor girl. But the rabbi said if, she, if she's an orphan, she doesn't have a father. And, you know, the mother and the brothers don't want her to be promiscuous, so they have a right to marry her off. But she has a right to refuse and to walk out at any point in the well, marriage. she's an adult, right? Yeah. No, no, but she's a minor. Even before her? Yeah, but she's a minor. She ref- and she's a minor, she refuses her husband. Or she's right. Hashniya, she's a, she's a rabbinic, rabbinically prohibited to marry, to marry her husband. Only rabbinically, a case which is only rabbinically prohibited to marry her husband. Or an islandess. An island is someone can have a woman who can't have any children. She's like a male. You know, she has a certain, certain characteristic traits of a male. She's missing in feminine characteristics. She doesn't have pubic hair. She doesn't develop breasts, and she can't conceive. All of these cases, Einlem ksuva. She's not entitled to any ksuva payment. Because what's the point of a ksuva? The point of a ksuva is you don't want it to. You don't want the husband to divorce her so quickly. Because if he'll divorce her, he'll have to pay her. So that will be a break. Well, if he can't have children, he has an obligation to, uh, to have children. It's his mitzvah. The only reason he gets married is to have children. Right. And the, um, that's the primary reason. And if he's not allowed to live with her, let her divorce her. <laughs> Why in the world should we encourage him not to divorce her? And, and if she's a young child who can walk away from the marriage, well, why should he give her a ksuva? He has no. He has no say. He can just one day wake up and say, "I, I protest the marriage, and there's no marriage." All these cases, the rabbis did not give her. She's not entitled to ksuva. And Belay Petis, she doesn't get the benefits granted a wife in exchange for the um, for the legal rights. He has a legal right to her paycheck or to or to any profits from her property that belongs to her. But in this case, in this case, so, wait, wait, wait a second. so because if she is kidnapped, he has to ransom her. So therefore the rabbi, remember we learned this earlier in the track, therefore the rabbis gave her, gave the husband the right to the fruits. But in this case, that's part of the ksuva obligation. Since she doesn't have a ksuva, if she's kidnapped, he doesn't have to ransom he her. Right. So therefore, she doesn't get any of the, she doesn't get the ransom. And so, the hus- does the husband get the the fruits of her of her the profits of the uh, her paycheck? No, she, she, he shouldn't get that. Either. She protests, and she's married to her. If, she, if she's kidnapped, he has to ransom her. So why, why does the Mishnah say that he doesn't ransom her? So the husband, when they're married, the husband gets to eat from the fruits and the benefits right. of her property. Right. But she cannot demand, okay, so now if I'm kidnapped, now you have to ransom me. 
We say, no, that, that she, she's not ransom. But why not in the case, okay, we understand in the case where the marriage is illegal, rabbinically prohibited. Or she can't, she can't conceive of children. But the case of the minor who's married, why not? Why doesn't he have to ransom her? Talking about she ransomed herself. She was ransomed, they were married. She borrowed money to ransom herself. And then she, and then she refused. Then she walked away, she protested the marriage. So she can't ask the money back. She can't go to her husband and say, okay, pay me, re- repay me, Chavez, repay me for, the, for that. that. That she can't argue. Also, she doesn't get any support. The ransom is paid to the kidnappers, right? Yes. <coughs> also, the, 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 the husband has to support his wife d- during their marriage. It's part of the ksuva. So since she doesn't get ksuva, she doesn't get any financial support. Before she protests, of course she gets, she gets uh, support. Case, the husband left town on a business trip. How did she support herself when the husband was gone? This minor, minor. She borrowed. So usually when the husband comes back, she can claim, tell her husband to reimburse her. But then she protested the marriage. Once she protests the marriage, you say she has no claim on her husband. She can't demand the support. Back. How does she Marriage is really flimsy. It's only rabbinic, so she can just walk away, and there's no marriage. Just like in the world, without before the giving of the Torah, and amongst eight billion people, goyim, either of them can just walk away, and there's no marriage. They're not living together anymore, and the marriage is, is, is there's no marriage. She can walk away. So then she can't demand the money back, reimburse me for the money I laid out for the food for the support that I, I had to borrow while you were away, while we were married. No, she can't demand it. And also the worn out, the worn out clothing. The leftover clothing. The clothing that she brought into the marriage. And um, so when they divorce, she's entitled. Usually she's entitled. Give me back, give me back the, she gets her clothing back. So she, she can walk away from the marriage, or at least with her clothing that are worn out. Here, you say the women are not, these women are not entitled. They don't have to pay back for the value of the clothing that they wore during the marriage, or they don't walk away with a remnant of the clothing. The husband gets to keep everything. Now the mission says, But what if in the beginning, this is talking about that when he married her, he didn't know that she's an island. He thought she's a regular woman. He didn't know that she's really an island. The whole thing was a mistake. But if he knew going in that she's an island and, he, and his intent was to marry her, yes, look so. He didn't, she didn't cheat him. She didn't, she didn't lie to him. He, okay. he, he went okay in knowingly. He was okay with it. And he went in knowingly. He anyway. And he committed to all the ksuva obligations. Right. He liked her anyway. So he's obligated. So then it's like a regular ksuva. Right. She gets, she's entitled to the ksuva. He has to pay for the support. He has to ransom her. The regular, a regular ksuv. Yes, ksuv. Now we come to the. Then the Mishnah says, "What are forbidden marriages? But who receive a ksuv payment? A widow is married to a high priest. A high priest is not allowed to marry a widow. He's only allowed to marry a virgin." had a regular coin is not allowed to marry a divorcee or a woman who had a chalitza and he went ahead and married her Mamzed or Israelite who married a Mamzed 
a bastard is not allowed to marry a bastard on the sinner from the Givainer who converted. A Jew is not allowed to marry them. Or Basi Sol Nasan Mamzer or a Jewish woman who married the Nasan Mamzer. The husband was a bastard or Nasan. Yes, look, so all of these cases is entitled to a silver payment, even though the marriage is in sin. It's all forbidden. Biblically, there's, there are sinful marriages. It's forbidden. And the sin, the sin, they called this Nasan. They, they, they lied, they pretended, they came to Joshua, and they pretended to come from a far, from a distant nation. Yeah, really, they were locals, and right, they made right. a treaty with them, and they were called in the sin. They were given, they were, they were, they, uh, the they were, they were, right, they pulled the fast one, they were given to the temple. They had to, they were the wood trappers and the water carriers. They're called in the sin. Are so they converts? They're converts. So can they, but, 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 yeah, but it was a questionable, the whole thing was illegal, they lied. And so, they, so therefore, you're not allowed to you're not allowed to marry you're not allowed to marry Jews. But if you went ahead and married them, you have exuva, even though that even though they're all biblically prohibited. So why why does she get exuva? We don't punish them by denying them the exuva. Why? Because a woman would never enter any of these marriages because they know that her children can never marry a koyin. So why in the world would the, would a woman agree to this marriage? So it must be the husband must have seduced her. So why punish the woman? Punish the husband. So we want to punish the husband. Pay the ksuva. <laughs> That's how you punish the husband. Pay the ksuva. Like the ksuva, then the husband is a reward for the husband. He he seduced her. He can do what he wants. He he and, and he doesn't have to pay. He doesn't have to pay. He's off the hook. No way, no way. We're here with the Gemara, and uh, tomorrow with Hashem's help, we finish the chapter. Do you no, think it's no, Shabbos? No, Shabbos, yeah. Have a good Shabbos, good morning.